0: Hello, and welcome to Fertility Springboard, the podcast series brought to you by Fertility Help Hub. I'm Eloise, founder of Fertility Help Hub, and over the series, I will be bringing you conversations with some of the most influential and inspiring professionals and experts around the world to arm you with useful and empowering thoughts and resources to ease your fertility journey. And don't forget to sign up to the newsletter to make sure you don't miss out on anything. It's packed full of inspiring interviews, resources, discounts and offers, competitions and real life stories. I'm very pleased to be speaking to Emily Hoyle today, who is kindly speaking to me about cystic fibrosis and using a surrogate. She has had a 10 year battle to have her family and now has a baby on the way. Emily is also a friend of mine, so I'm very, very pleased to be introducing her today. Welcome, Emily. Hello, thank you for having me. It's really good to speak to you. So um, for our readers out there, um, you've obviously been on, well, they don't know yet, but you have been on quite the journey um, to be in the position you're at finally now as we speak. So it'd be great to hear a little bit about you um, and what's been happening over the last decade and longer. Yes,
1: I have got cystic fibrosis, which um, I had a transplant for. And I tried to get pregnant, Funny enough, about 10 years ago before I had my transplant. And it it just didn't work. It didn't happen. Um, I then had my transplant and I went to the doctors and said I would like to have a family. And was it possible? I wasn't thinking anything specific. I just wanted to know what was possible. And they said it is possible, but there are risks in carrying a baby. And to be honest, because transplantation is quite a relatively new area of medicine, the risks associated with pregnancy around it, especially with a lung transplant, which is what I had, are relatively unknown. But they have observed that some people cope with pregnancy fine and some really don't. And when I say don't, I mean, they die, they die within a week or a year before, after the birth. So wow. I very quickly decided that that was not a um, risk I really wanted to take. And the whole aim of having a family is to be a family, not to be a motherless or wifeless family. And I was always aware of it growing up. I knew transplantation was an option. So I was always sort of aware of surrogacy in the back of my mind. and was quite happy to sort of embrace the idea of it and what it meant. I then carried on with surrogacy and it took, it's taken, to cut a long story short, three surrogates, another transplant, six, eight, six, seven years of trying.
0: So let's let's rewind a little bit. Um, so you, you started trying naturally and then you had your, am I right in saying double lung transplant?
1: Yes. So um, cystic fibrosis for anyone that doesn't know is a respiratory condition, so my lungs would suffer under the influence of being pregnant, and then therefore it's that's the risk for me. Um, also, I'm on medication as well, so uh, I might have to change some of my drugs for uh, you know a, a baby, and uh, especially um, during pregnancy. And some of those drugs might be second rate to the ones I'm taking, and it's not necessarily You know, when you have a drug combination that works for you it's not always a good idea to start rocking it.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you, when you said that um, you obviously knew the huge risks that carrying a baby naturally could have um, on your body, uh, did you know that from when you were little or is that something that you found out when, since, you, since you were trying for a baby and, and after the transplant?
1: Okay, so this is really rewinding back now. So when I was born, my parents were told I wouldn't make it past the age of 20. So, wow. therefore, at a very young age, family, you know, when people think about when they grow up and will get pregnant, once I realized my life expectancy, I eradicated those ideas. That wasn't my aim in life. My aim in life was to stay alive. Um, which, again, helps you very much get around the idea of surrogacy because it's not about, oh, God, I can't carry my own baby. It's just absolutely, I'm so happy that I can still have my genetic child, something that will look like me and be a part of me, exist and be born. Okay, it might not be out of me, but they will exist. And that's just a source of enjoyment, which is a different way of looking at it from being bereft that I can't carry my own child. So going right back to the beginning, it was a very different outlook on life. And I'd say over time, as time carried on and I seemed to do well and I was thriving then I it slowly became aware that actually boys would be interested in me as I didn't think boys would be interested in me then I had boyfriends and I had a husband and suddenly it all slowly it slowly came about rather than an instant this is what I'll do.
0: Wow that's absolutely incredible and as you said what an what an amazing opportunity um, to be able to have that child that you so want uh, with with this help. Um, and it just shows, doesn't it, that families, as we know, can be created in all sorts of different ways. And um, I, I guess it would be really good to understand, you've sort of briefly mentioned that this journey so far has taken 10 years. Um, what happened with your first surrogate? And um, how, how has it sort of taken this long to get to the point where you are now where you're you're due to be having a baby in four weeks, which is very very exciting um so a bit of Thank a you. bit more about that journey um, and also the emotions around it and for your husband living it obviously with you, but slightly from the sidelines because um I know that you've been in and out of hospital during that time, um, and obviously it must have been very emotionally difficult for to have the miscarriages and to have taken such a long time to get to where you are now.
1: Yes, so if I take you back, so my transplant was, my first transplant was 2012 and it went incredibly well. I mean, to the point where I nearly thought I should try and get pregnant, but I didn't want to take the risk. So I I had a surrogate who was someone I knew. I didn't know her well, but We became very close And it was a lovely relationship She was so efficient So switched on She You know If she needed a blood test She'd just pop and do it She wouldn't even necessarily Tell me for every single one And she got pregnant The second attempt uh, But she miscarried At 10, 11 weeks Which was Really heartbreaking Um, Because when you think Of surrogacy You think It'll just work Of course it'll work It will it, you know, we'll put the embryo in and we'll have a baby in months to come. And I think you forget it doesn't work for everyone. And you hear about the stories, the success stories, because those that don't work don't necessarily want to talk about it or bring it up. And so you have this idea of it that might not be completely accurate. So she miscarried. And we both found it devastating. They want to give you a baby. They want to do this for you. They're completely committed, as are their husbands, you know, as was my husband. She then decided she couldn't carry on with this anymore um, because she found it too difficult. They had other things they wanted to do in their lives. They had three children. And I think they just decided that was it for them. And that was probably one of the worst moments in this entire journey, because not was I going back to, right, we'll just try again. That was, oh my gosh, I've got to find a surrogate. I'm all the way back to square zero. And several things happened after that. There was quite a lot of emotional trauma, I'd say, which I probably didn't address properly or appreciate how much um, it affected me. I did become ill after that. The doctors changed my medication And I got ill very quickly, and I actually had another transplant within a few months. And I also bounced back very quickly. So about eight weeks after that, I was back planning a new house, moving house. So I would say it definitely had an impact, probably not the main cause of me getting ill. But that was four years later from my first one. So that did take the whole journey from going to the doctors to getting actually putting the embryo in takes quite a lot of time I think that took about a year
0: gosh that's a, that's uh, a hell of a long actually time actually about a year
1: and a half yeah, yeah so my first cycle of IVF was on the NHS and then subsequently I've had to pay um but that from me going to my actually I can do day from me going to my doctor saying I'd like to try this to my embryos being my eggs being collected and the embryos created was one year our surrogate was pregnant the surrogate back then, she was pregnant at the time. So we waited for her baby to come out. And then we tried putting the embryo in another nine months later. Wow. Okay. So just to give you an idea of timing and all that, you know, I was very fit and healthy. I was running around, I was working, but this was all going on in the background.
0: How many egg retrievals have you had during this time?
1: I've had three.
0: And have they been so, successful?
1: Yes, so I, I've discovered through this process, because they have to check your fertility, that my husband and I are very, very fertile. So I had a week of IVF, and in that week, I think I produced about 18 eggs. That's um, a great I think we collected about 15 or 16, and then um, um, 15 or 16, and then we did it all quite naturally to see which ones took and how many embryos could be created frozen
0: and what did you end up with after those rounds I think we
1: ended about six or eight frozen
0: that's pretty good at blastocyst stage blastocyst yeah 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 and and so how many attempts have you had since um the part you've just told us about
1: we had two embryos we used on the first surrogate then we had two surrogates we went through um that it didn't work with one because we just did not gel together and essentially this relationship comes down to trust there's no law to back you up and we were too far away geographically it wasn't a good it just wouldn't have worked and um, there's nothing wrong with her we just didn't gel properly so it didn't work with her then I had another one who I, we got on so well with but she wanted um, a large amount of money and it would have been difficult to put it through the courts, plus I'm not sure we would have been able to afford it. So it just didn't work properly with her either. But then I met her friend who um, is our current surrogate and we've had a lot of goes with her. So she used the remaining four embryos. Then we had another round of IVF and we had another three. So that's seven in total. And then we've done it again with another two. So I think she's had nine... Embryos put into her before the this same one
0: surrogate. Was. Yeah, the same, same surrogate. surrogate. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. And uh, how did you? Uh, I know that this surrogate who you're using now, who's, um, who you've become very close to, I know you met her through a friend, but with your previous surrogates, what was the process like for finding them?
1: So, with the first one who miscarried at her 11 weeks, she was somebody I knew, and they, I just had spoken to a friend of mine saying oh, I you know I really want to have a family but I'd need a surrogate and she she was a mutual friend with this other lady and she told her that I was looking for a surrogate and so she offered. The, uh, the next two were through Surrogacy UK yeah um, but neither of them worked and then um, I met our current surrogate through a mutual friend.
0: That's brilliant. I'm so glad that you found her. Um, so it, it sounds as though um, finding the right surrogate really is about gelling and being on the same page. Is it a kind of relationship that you would have imagined in terms of the communication and getting to know each other? How does it work?
1: Well, actually, I've um, I've been overwhelmed with how close I do feel for her and how protective I get of her because I adore her. She's Giving me the one thing I want, she I she I couldn't think of her in any higher esteem. She is she is the kindest, loveliest person. But I didn't know I'd feel as fond of her as I do. Um, it is important you get on, or oh, it's not actually important that you get on. It's important that you're on the same page. So if you meet someone, and you say, "I don't want to have anything to do with you. I just want the baby at the end," and that surrogate says. I don't have anything to do with you. I just want to give you a baby. I don't want to see you every week. That's fine. You have to be wanting the same things because when mm. you don't, then there are problems. You know, if she wants to see me all the time, but I no, oh, I don't want to see you, then it doesn't work. It's not kind on any of us. Um, and it, the relationship doesn't work because there's no law to protect um, us receiving the baby or us taking the baby. Um, it's just down to trust.
0: And do you speak to her quite regularly?
1: Well, because she's so pregnant at the moment, I'm almost speaking to her every day because I, because yeah. she lives not too far away. I get to her every appointment, every blood test. I've been to her children's plays. I do a lot with her. We have spent Christmas Day together. So it's, it makes the relationship a lot less strained because she's close. I can see her for a day and then go home. People tend to, on the whole, that's quite unusual from what I have gathered. A lot of people are further afield. And so when they see each other, it's for a whole weekend and they have to stay there. And it's that's quite a lot to have a stranger in your house at the beginning of a relationship for the whole weekend.
0: Yes, I can imagine. I think, sort of- I think
1: that's quite a, a forced environment that's a bit more unusual where I was very lucky I could meet her in a cafe for a cup of coffee and see how we liked each other.
0: And has it been strange for you seeing your baby growing or has that been incredible and couldn't imagine imagine it anyway?
1: I think that's what I said earlier going back to what I said earlier it's all the excitement I'm just I can't believe it's finally happening. Firstly, when I was young, I never thought it would happen. And then secondly, it's taken me 10 years to get here. So there is nothing, I I don't have any feelings, negative feelings about not caring about my child. I'm just so happy that I've been able to create him, even if it's not the traditional way.
0: And it must be so exciting, obviously, for your husband too, but um, for your, your your extended family to see this happening, um, they must be over the moon that this is something that has been able to be possible. And you know, a decade is a long time to be trying to achieve what you what you dream of, really, isn't it? I mean, they're all thrilled.
1: It's my parents' first grandchild. Um, I think. All of us, because we've had we have had another miscarriage with our current surrogate, which was the first embryo she had put in her, and we've had so many things go wrong over the years. there is still quite a lot of anxiety and nerves going forward that this is all going to be okay, that it will happen because we've had so many disappointments. One thing that works actually quite well, which my husband jokes I would. Do anyway, but actually buying something for the baby is really therapeutic because that's reminding me the baby's coming to me. I've got to be ready. It's the visual aid that he's coming, not
0: that even though I'm not pregnant. Exactly. So it's kind of like this is the process to get you there, and then life is about to begin with him.
1: Yeah. And every time I see her, like that's why I want to see the our surrogate a lot because it reminds me we talk about the baby we talk about pregnancy and the only thing i'm aware of is to protect her and this is where my protection of her comes in and her children you know we're doing quite a lot with her at the moment because she's so in our lives but also because the baby we're doing a lot for the baby we've got scans we've got uh breastfeeding appointments we have doula appointments we have midwife appointments doctor's appointments um, it goes on and on. And so I see her a lot. Now, that will obviously drop a lot after the baby's born. And so I am slightly aware that if I saw her every single day, that makes her life harder than when I'm suddenly not there because I'll be focused on a baby. So I'm trying to really protect her. And that's why we've got a doula and we've got a private midwife. So she has things that can back her up after the birth.
0: That sounds like a really wise plan. Have you, um, it, on, on that note, and, and the sort of relationships that you've, getting to know her, the relationships you've got, have you thought about uh, the future and telling your son about this and, and whether, you know, you think you'll stay in each other's lives ongoing?
1: Yeah, so this goes back um, to what we talked about in the beginning is having that sort of, you've got to be on the same page. Um, I do want her in my life. I've become really good friends with her. I don't want to never see her again. I want to see her. I will not see her as much as I do now, but we both know that. We both agree with that. We're sort of uh, on a project together. And when something finishes after a project, you do sometimes feel a bit deflated and a bit removed from everything and I'm sure she will get those emotions so I'm quite aware of that but I definitely want her in our lives and um, actually Surrogates UK I I did talks they do conferences every six months I went to one and they did really good talks on how to adjust children they've got specialists in all these areas to guide you through and they did advise me that you know uh, surrogates who are single mothers need a bit more attention because they need that support I as a single mother, and I would agree with that statement. They also told us that from start, say to the baby, this is, you know, whoever, this, this is the tummy mummy. This is your tummy mm-hmm. mummy. Always told them from the beginning what's going on. There's nothing new or surprising to them, and nothing will shock them. And I think it's being open and honest is the key, not trying to hide it.
0: 100% and that's actually um people who uh read my articles and know from Fertility Help Hub that's something that um my husband and I personally are doing with our children um being donor conceived just making sure that it's the everyday it's always known and that's that's how they that's how they were made and that's where they came from it's just part of the family puzzle isn't it
1: yeah I don't want to have a moment where I have to sit down and explain it and say what well, you are you are genetically our child, but actually someone else carried you. Um, and there's a really nice analogy our surrogate came up with on how to tell them. They said, it's like you have a chicken, but your oven's broken. You could go to your neighbor and say, could I borrow your oven to cook the chicken? But the chicken would still be yours.
0: That's a really nice way of looking at it, but obviously, equally, everyone can make their own um, decisions and has their own point of view on on whether or not yeah. it's something that they want to disclose to their children. There's absolutely no right or wrong in doing yeah. that. I was just interesting to see whether you had, obviously, you have uh, thought about what what that looks like for you as a family.
1: I so do. I, I, I have to say, I, now I was going to interrupt you. Say, I personally, if it was up to me, because I'm quite a private person, would actually rather nobody knew. But I feel for the child's benefit, you've got to be open and honest from the start. There's no other, in my mind, there's no other way to do it.
0: And on that note, have you been telling, do you disclose this to people who you meet or is it just friends and family who know? Because obviously it's not something that you can, and I put inverted commas, hide, because one day, you know, you're not pregnant. And then the next day you have your baby.
1: Yeah, no, we've been completely open. My husband has a real open policy about every information under the sun, about, you know, my health, about everything. So I've gone from quite a private person to being very open about everything. And that's mainly down to him. But um, I would, yes, I'm very open with everyone. I went into a shop the other day and said, oh, I'm having a baby in a month. And they just look at my tummy. And I said, no, 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 I'm having it through surrogacy.
0: That's something I wanted to ask you. Surrogacy is, is um, I hope, and, and it's it, you know, it becoming uh, wider or more commonly known about and hopefully accepted. Um, obviously, there are different rules and regulations between each country and even each state in America, let's say. Um, have you found that people sort of look at you with not disbelief, but kind of they just can't get their heads around it? Or would you say that people are quite open to the idea and accepting of it?
1: Well, one thing I have noticed which interested me is it's slightly generational. If I tell people over a certain age, let's say fifty, that I'm having a child through surrogacy, they assume that it's not my egg. When I tell people of my age, so I'm thirty-five, of my age, that I'm having a baby through surrogacy, they assume it is my egg. And it it is mine. He is completely genetically my child. But it's interesting to know that the way the generations have to absorb it. Um, but I think what I have noticed as well, going back to the sort of look you get from people, is that I'd say I do get a look of sort of like, oh, wow, I've actually met someone who's doing this now, you know, yes. because people hear about it. Everyone knows what surrogacy is, but actually knowing someone who's done it is another matter.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's so, so true. And um, would you say that your family have all been on the same page with you about it?
1: Yeah, my family are all supportive. It's the same thing going back to my childhood of, you know, not even thinking I'd live into my 20s. To now, I'm in mid-30s having a baby. It's just joyous. It's not a sort of question mark. It's just something to be celebrated. And obviously, everyone loves our surrogate because of what she's doing. And not it's, just doing for me, doing for my entire family.
0: It's the best gift anyone could give really, isn't it? You have been through the absolute ringer, haven't you? So I'm just so, so happy for you both that this is, um, you know, this is where you are at now. So if any, you were to give anyone who's thinking about surrogacy for whatever reasons, whether it's medical or um, to do with sexuality or whatever it might be, what would your advice be?
1: It's a lot of hard work. It's not simple. There's a lot of paperwork, but someone said to me early on, it really stuck in my head when it just wasn't working. They just said, just don't ever give up. The people it doesn't work for tend to give up. They said, don't ever give up. And I'd ask the doctors, should I give up now? Is this enough? And is it not going to work? And I was always told to keep going. And that's what I give as advice
0: is don't give up. How did you both, you and your husband, stay positive when you had hurdles, big hurdles, thrown at you in the middle of all of this?
1: Well, funnily enough, we're both quite good at giving each other strength. So when I fell down, he would pick me up, hug me sort me out and vice versa we sort of carried each other very well through it. Admittedly I probably I was more the driving force in the whole thing and running around and doing a lot more so I more had more emotional ups and downs because I was just facing it more daily where he was a lot more zen about the whole thing but he when he got upset I I had to gain some strength and pick him up so it worked quite well, we supported each other we've got a very good marriage and I think that helped
0: well it, it probably would I would imagine it would make anyone's marriage the strongest it could be when you've been faced with all of the things that you've been faced with to come out the other side Well, I think
1: it, I think it makes or breaks you and luckily it made us
0: yeah amazing so inspiring for anyone who is you know knows someone doing this or is thinking about doing it and and would you say this is a common route to parenthood for people with well, for many people, but for people with cystic fibrosis?
1: Um, yes. So I do know other people doing this with cystic fibrosis and other people have done it. Um, but I mean, if you, I know people who have IVF where they have their embryos created and then put back into them. Well, I'm doing exactly the same. I'm just putting it into someone else. So it's, um, it's quite a viable and easy route. It's not as complicated as you think it is. Yeah. In, in the yeah. biology sense, in the admin sense, it's a nightmare, yeah. but in the biology sense, it's, not, it's quite straightforward.
0: It does sound as though you've had your work cut out for you for the last nine months with all the the legalities. And, and I guess that, that's probably the last question I'd ask. Um, I know you mentioned legalities, hopefully, will be changing soon um, around the birth certificate. Um, could you just explain to people who may not know what happens once the child's born, once your son's born?
1: The embryo belongs to me and my husband when we freeze it. It is our embryo. We then put it into a surrogate and it then is hers. And when he he or she is born, she will be the birth, she will go on the birth certificate. Now the question mark then becomes is she married? If she is married, her husband goes on the birth certificate with her. If she's not married, like in our case, then um, the biological father will go on the birth certificate. I think now, because there is same, you can put same sexes on birth certificates, I, it can be mother or father that goes on the birth certificate, but that has to be decided very early on if you're going to do that. So then what you have to do is apply, uh, apply for a parental order, and what they do, they'll send around a visitor, and in court they will reissue the birth certificate in the biological parent's
0: name. Wow. That's a lot of legalities, isn't it? And it seems slightly backward for this day and age, doesn't it? Is that
1: just in the UK then? Yes, so that's in the UK. I know in the States, uh, the embryo is owned by the people that put it into the surrogate and stays the owners of it the whole way through. And therefore, when the baby comes out, it goes straight into the parent's name. There's no legal bill. The legal bills here add up quite quickly, uh, but I do think there's a huge campaign to change the law in the UK. And the law was set when surrogacy started over here. I think it was in the 80s, and I think they want to discourage it. So the law is not set up in the favour of surrogacy.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It needs updating by the sounds of things. So fingers crossed, something yes. will change soon. I, I do know I, some I, people. I think it is in hand. I know some people who are sort of campaigning for that and, and working hard to try and get that change. so hopefully in the future that will happen in the imminent future. Yes
1: yes I hope so too I think it'd be nicer for the surrogates as well because the surrogates are pulled back into this baby that's not theirs they don't want to bond with and if they do want to walk away some surrogates do apparently just want to walk away from the whole thing they have to go back, they have to sign documents, be visited, check them in some minds that they do want to hand this baby over. And it was never their baby in the first place. So that's why I think it would benefit everyone,
0: not just the parents, obviously, if the law changed. Definitely. I think, would you say that's probably the biggest misconception? Well, two, number one, that people assume or the older generation assume that a surrogate um, is their egg as well. And number two, people assume that a surrogate will want to run off with the baby when, in actual fact, that that usually couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, so
1: we're doing gestational surrogacy, where it is my egg and my husband's sperm. So there's no genetic connection to the mother, and there has never been a case where the mother has run off with the baby, as far as I'm aware. Straightforward surrogacy is a bit different, but what people tend to do now to avoid these risks is get an egg donor yeah so there is again no genetic connection with the surrogate mother but as much as um you know people assume as an intending parent that the surrogate will want to run off with your baby and try and claim child support they can't do that if their husband's on the birth certificate because they're the legal parents so that's the first problem they wouldn't be able to do it anyway so the second point is that what if the baby comes out and has Down syndrome or a health condition and the parents turn and say, actually, I don't want that baby. And then the surrogate mother has to keep it. It's her baby. So it works both ways. As much as a parent could worry the surrogate's going to run off, the surrogate could worry the parents could turn and say, actually, I don't want it. And they've carried this baby on the belief they're not keeping it.
0: That's, that's huge, isn't it? And, and I don't know, have you heard of that happening before?
1: it's happened abroad I've heard it's I heard it in the news where people go abroad to have children and the children come out with health conditions obviously they haven't been there during the pregnancy they probably don't have any connection and they turn around and say they don't want the child anymore and this mother's left with I think it happened with twins actually last time
0: oh that's so sad so sad I
1: know and I feel sorry for the children because obviously they have a sort of and uh, a mother that doesn't even look like they're from the same nationality yeah
0: yeah exactly so thank you very much emily for all of those beautifully answered questions it, it definitely made me a lot wiser about surrogacy in the uk um, and i'm sure it will for the readers as well and i want to wish you all the very best um for your new baby who um will be arriving imminently so thank you so much for speaking to me today
1: Oh, thank you for having me.